Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless along with my co-host Mike Popper. Today we're going to talk about a recap of week one in the NFL season and then go forward and talk about week two that's coming up this weekend. Uh, So let's just jump right into it, Mike. What was one of your biggest takeaways from the first week of NFL action? Uh, Well, it seems like the uh, New Orleans Saints have reverted to their 2016 uh, ways uh, 20, 2016, 2015, 2014 ways of having a really, Basically really, all, really, 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 really bad defense. Yeah, all years and a except prolific for offense. Yeah, all years except for the Super Bowl winning year 09, 2013 when they had the one blip of Rob Ryan, and then, and then, and then last, last year, year they have all these stud players. Yeah, what what happened? That was a crazy I, I, outcome. I was watching the Giants, so I wasn't watching. I was checking my phone every so often, and it was Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown another 80 yard bump. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we had that. Crazy. We had that game on, and it's funny because Saints Saints get the ball to start the game. It's just you know surgical breeze, Camara to you know breeze to Thomas, just boom, 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 score a touchdown right away. It's like oh, we the route is on, and then just right away. You know, Fitzmagic comes in, hits D-Jax, Deshaun Jackson for a bomb, and then every time they got the ball, it seemed, picking up first downs, Fitzpatrick was doing it with his legs, he was throwing it to Mike Evans, throwing it to Chris Godwin, who had a nice game, they were running the ball decently well, and it was really a horrible performance by the Saints defense. And they still almost won, though. And they still almost won, they almost brought it back, I mean, they were down, I think, 24 points, and or 16 points, and they had the ball, and they scored, and it was no doubt they were going to score in like two minutes, very... uh, like uh, reminded me of that game they had against the Redskins last year where they scored. Uh, I think it was there down 14 or 16. They made that up in a couple of minutes. It looked like that was going to happen. But then, of course, as it happened all game, they needed a stop. They didn't They didn't get it. Fitzpatrick scrambled for, you know, 13 yards on a third and 11. And that lost them the game. And I think the big thing to look at here is, you know, the Saints, obviously a team with Super Bowl um, expectations, to drop a home game against an NFC and divisional opponent in week one, that's pretty bad for them. I it's mean, worrisome this for is sure. a game. It's not only is it worrisome because I think you know you could argue like any one of these teams that are really elite. They always have that one throwaway game last year. You think like the Patriots lost that Monday night game against the Dolphins last year, where they weren't even. I mean, they played horribly. This could be that game for the Saints. But the implications of this game might be major uh, when we get to December. I mean, a game in week one counts as much as a game in any other week, and it was a really tough start for a team that a lot of people had you know as NFC favorites. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you got to see how they bounce back. Who they play the Browns in week two, right? You would like to see them win that game. You know, yeah, who knows I, that the Browns. I, we're gonna talk about them in a little bit. Um, it's a little worrisome, and and right, like you said, it was it's kind of a win they needed to have. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. But yeah, it, it, I assume it's pretty tough. NFC East, they were the winner of the yeah. They were the number, so number it's three seed. the NFC East where they get the Eagles and Redskins, who are the two best teams in that division. At least after week one, they get those two at home. Um, they get Cowboys and Giants on the road. Then they they play the first place teams, the Vikings and the Rams. I mean, right. two teams they struggled against. Yeah, you know, last year lost at the Rams, lost twice to the Vikings, once in the playoffs. And then the division they play is, uh, of course, the NFC North. So they got Cleveland this week, and, and that division, AFC North. AFC North. I'm sorry, and, and of course their division. You know, they have six games. Two of them are against Tampa. One of them's down the drain already. I, I, they, they, there are five. There are five games that are reasonably. Right, like, road, road Tampa. Road, road Tampa, and then two games against the Falcons and Panthers, who we yep. both know are, are they were playoff teams last year. Yeah, no, so, I mean, this is a game that has implications for them. Talk about conference tiebreak, you know, comes down to conference record. Yeah. That's an in-conference loss. You lose, like we talked about, one of the easiest games, at least coming into the season, one of the easiest games on their schedule, you know, home game to the Buccaneers, who a lot of people pegged as a bottom five team. Yeah. And 
it's very worrisome for them for not only how they played, but also how it affects them moving forward. So I heard two interesting facts about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. First, his kids started him in fantasy this year, this, this week. They must the only two. That's, the that was the point three percent right. started. That was, it was those two kids right Second there. of all, he pronounces meme as Mimi. Uh, he's not the first. Bryce Harper does that. I think Jim Nance does that. He's not the first. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, he's an old, he's a Harvard man. He's a Harvard man. You'd think he's smart enough to pronunciation. He's old. You know, he's been around. But enough for the Saints for now. Let's talk about their week two opponent, uh, the Cleveland Browns, who you mentioned. And their week one performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who behind the, the New England Patriots are the biggest favorite, I think, to win their division of any. And, you know, road game in Cleveland, bad weather, but no Le'Veon Bell. For the not Steelers, and well, not a problem except for the fact that they tied the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think and blew, that's, that's blew a twenty-one, fault and blew a twenty-one to seven lead. That's that's Roethlisberger's fault. But how about James Conner fumbling the ball in you know their own half of the field, leading to a Browns yeah. turnover and score? I mean, he also he also ran the ball for thirty times, had one hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. The leading runner after one week, Le'Veon. I think is worried, but that's that's not the point. They didn't lose because of James Conner. They lost because well, they didn't lose in general. You know what? This yeah. is a loss in the Steelers, <laughs> in, in a moral loss. Um, they law lo- they tied because Big Ben turned the ball over five times. Yeah, six. Like, what two two fumbles? I think it was five. One fumble, four three. interceptions. Uh, two maybe in three and two, three. I mean, that's, that's a lot. No matter what, yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous. Shades of the Jags game from last year when they lost thirty to nine. I think you know. Big Ben kind of kind of done this, you know, in the past. He's had that one or two games yeah. stretch where yeah. he's like, on the road. Where everybody's like, Big Ben's over the cliff. The cliff is here. You know, obviously he's going to bounce back. It'd be pretty hard not to bounce back. Um, I'm not worried about the Steelers. More excited for the Browns in this sense, right? They but, showed some fight. Yeah, they showed I mean, a game that they that probably had pegged as a loss. You know, but it's crazy. It's for the Browns though. It's like they haven't won a game in well over a year now, and it's like. How many opportunities are you going to have to win a game that you're just yeah. going to choke away? I mean, you miss, you have that interception in overtime, or I guess it was technically a fumble, and you get the block in the back penalty that led to a further field goal, and it gets blocked. I mean, you just need to make a 40 yard field goal to to, bit, to win against the Steelers. Yeah. And, and I mean, how many? It's just how many times are they they just going to blow the game? It's incredible. Well, I mean, they, even even a new non Browns touch man, Tyrod Taylor, who is the most protective guy of the ball in the past three or four years, throws he throws an in, interception the late regulation, when they're driving, yeah. allows them to have a 40-yard field goal that Boswell yeah. ended up shanking, luckily for them to go into overtime. But, I mean, it's just you can't make it up. Oh, it's, every, it's incredible. Every single year, every single game, it's just the team. The team's cursed. And <laughs> Hugh Jackson, did you see this whole debacle with Hugh Jackson saying that it was a mistake? The team started Josh Gordon this week, but it wasn't supposed to happen. No, and he I said didn't some see coach this. made a mistake. Well, Hugh, you made a mistake. <laughs> you're, you're the you're, you're the, the personnel guy. You're you're the uh, you're the one accountable for any right. decision any of your coaches right. make ever. So, <laughs> I mean, he is uh, he is a guy that over the last uh, you know two years and change that he's been there has cost them more games than any coach yeah. has cost his team in the entire league. It's amazing that he's back there. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, twenty-one-seven, they were losing. Um, able to bring that back and, and get a tie, which, you know, for the Browns, they probably see it more as a victory. I mean, the way the game went, they would have loved to have won the game, which is very possible, won, won the game. Um, 
but that didn't happen for them. But let's talk about the uh, the Steelers' Week 2 opponent as we just kind of go down the list here. A team that had a very impressive Week 1 was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs playing at the LA wow, Chargers. Boy. They won, I think, 38-28. to 28. They uh, put up points, man. They put up points. A great performance from Tyreek Hill looked like, I mean, looked like, you know, the best skill player in the entire league this just week. so uh, diverse. The, the, they kind of really put it on show um, what they can do with Tyreek Hill, right? You have the... The 90-yard punt return, the 58-yard slant that he takes to the house, a la Odell Beckham. And then they run him in motion. They throw – theoretically, it was a run. You know, it was basically a jet sweep, but it gets counted as a pass for my boy Patty. Um, but just – it's so hard to match up on him because you even if you try and double him, you know, well, then they bring him in motion. They, they, they move him around the field. And he's just he's too fast to be doubled like that. Yeah, and it's you know? not it's not only that he's a great – like football player and he's going to get his no matter what like he's he's going to find ways to get open and make plays like even if he wasn't consistently good like let's say he was a guy who was just like he couldn't do anything except when he had the ball he was really good so it's like but with him it's not only is he going to break off that one big play a game right. but he's also going to just hurt you all game right. long because not only are you trying to stop him but he's still getting open he's still making right. he huge, runs good routes yeah. he runs solid routes catches the ball i mean he's not positions yeah, himself in the zone yeah he's like you know Tavon Austin's a guy you think about who's obviously not as good as Tyreek Hill basically in any phase but it's like he's a guy's like oh he or Cordell Patterson too where it's like oh they're so good once the ball's in their hands right. the problem is getting the ball in their hands it's like Tyreek Hill is better than those guys with the ball in his hands but it's also not that hard to get the ball in his hands and, and Andy Reid's super and creative. Andy Reid is super creative right yeah so I mean that's a great performance for them I think they you know winning a road game at the Chargers um who you know was my Super Bowl pick a lot of people pegged them as the favorite in that division I think Big game for the Chiefs this week at, at Pittsburgh, but I think the division favorite probably flips there. I mean, Are Mahomes, you, very conservative with the football. Uh, you know, four touchdowns, you know, two, well, of, two them of them were, those were the cheapy flex, ones, yeah. but zero interceptions. Uh, Which is what Chiefs, you wanted to see out of Right, and, the, and they, they weren't putting him in situations, you know, where he was you know, going to need to throw interceptions. They had the lead when they were in third and long. They played it pretty conservatively um, outside of a nice play by him here or there. Um, but no, it's a really good performance think, for the Chiefs. I think people who were questioning the Mahomes... Uh, they they had confidence in him. Yeah, they traded. Yeah, they traded Alex Smith, knowing Patty Mahomes was their backup. They traded up to get Patty Mahomes and then traded away their starting quarterback. They always had confidence with him. Andy Reid has notoriously been good with QBs. Yep. Um, I think he's going to be successful. But kind of flip it back around on you, Mike. Chargers were your Super Bowl pick. Yeah, and it seems like they're the same old Chargers. I don't know about that. I mean, it wasn't a good game. I think they had some special teams issues. They fumbled the ball in a punt on a really crucial time mm-hmm. of the game where they, if they had received the punt and the way they were moving the ball, they could have made it a one-score game, you know, like early in the fourth or late in the third. That wasn't good. Um, but this is a tough game. Early in the season is always tough for them yeah. for whatever reason. Um, you know, you would have loved to see them. They don't really have a home field advantage, but, you know, it would have been nice for them to defend whatever semblance they have of it, which, you know, they did not do. Um but I, I think, you know, this week they play at Buffalo. They should be able to, you know, right themselves uh, with that game. Last year they played Buffalo and won like 50-7 to seven or something. That was the Nate Peterman five-interception game no, in the no first Bo- half. No Bosa this week. Uh, no Bosa this week or last week. Uh, no Nate Peterman as a remedy for them. But jo- uh, Josh Allen will be starting. But, no, I mean, it's it's worrisome. I think, um, you know, my the, the AFC West favorite, I think, flipped in that game without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, not only did the Chiefs look good. Um, but they, of course, they picked up a road game at at the Chargers. Uh, so that's a great, great win for them. Yeah, um, I guess kind of 
surprise going off of surprising performances, the Jets. Yeah, Sam Donald, Savior domination. Sam. Yeah, it was, uh, our, I mean... Our Toddy Bowles pick looking pretty good. Yeah, you know, Todd Bowles, he, uh, he stands there. I don't know if he talks into that, the headset ever, but hey, defense was coached up. Special teams had a great night, and, you know, the rookie quarterback, Sam Donald, looked like the franchise guy that, you know, should have been taken number one. You know, the number one pick isn't playing this year. Baker Mayfield, it doesn't seem like. And, you know, running back at number two had a nice game for the Giants, Saquon Barkley. But Sam Darnold looked like the real deal um, against, you know, Matt Patricia and the Lions, who looks Ooh, like the look, worst Matt Pritch- the worst hire. But Gee, nevertheless, to go on the wins. road and win a game oh, by 30 yeah. points is... Very impressive. But, I mean, Sam Darnold played well, but that defense won them the game. Right. Um, I mean, he had two you know, touchdowns. He had two he touchdowns. Had, the pick six. Was, pick six. Yeah. Um, but how about the Belichick coaching tree just taking another hit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pitiful coaching tree. Well, I mean, why do you think it's so bad? I I have no idea. I mean, could you come up with some theory like, you know, he doesn't actually give away enough, you know, to like for teams to, you know, for all of these coaches right. to, you know, they don't know enough or they try and emulate his culture and they can't do it. I don't know. I think like you look at these guys, um, and, like, Matt Patricia is a pretty uninspiring hire. Like, Bill, Bill O'Brien, who was, uh, went to Penn State after New England and now at the Texans, is pretty good. I think Josh McDaniels would have been successful. But some of these guys are just pretty uninspiring. Like, um, Patricia, Romeo Crennel, uh, Eric Mangini. You know, these guys... McDaniels? Uh, I think horrible. McDaniels could be good. He I, could I do. Be, but, it, but, his, but his current, you know, yeah. sample size is him destroying the culture and locker room in, in, in Denver, Denver. Yeah. And getting shipped off. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that, but I mean, that was a really bad look for the Detroit Lions, who I think are the worst team in that division, which will allow us to trans, uh, to segue into a matchup of two teams in their division, the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers, who probably played in the game of the week on Sunday Night Football. So good get there by NBC. Um, how about that game in the, uh, in the first half, Cleo Mack? doing you know Domination. a storyline just had one of the best you know halves of football you'll ever see from a defensive player and then in the second half uh you know of course Aaron Rodgers uh playing you know a little bit hobbled there and, and right you know so, having a phenomenal comeback so Rodgers is playing goes three for seven like 12 yards nothing's looking there horrible the Bears are running all over Trubisky's throwing pretty confident nice little game plan from nice Matt Nagy no, nice game plan they go up 20 to nothing after Rodgers ends up exiting. 17 0 going into half, and then 20 0 right. after the so first Rogers, possession. Rodgers gets hurt. Deshaun Kaiser leads a drive. Little Mac literally takes the ball out of his hands. Think the Bears scored a field goal or a touchdown, uh, probably a field goal. And then Mac intercepts uh, Kaiser on the next possession for, for a, a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers comes back in. Down 20 0. Medicated up. Ah, he actually he said, said he wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. But he seemed high in his post game interview. Um, medicated up and just says, you know what? I think it's time for me to remember that I'm Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it, and it worked. And I mean, that is for the Bears. I mean, an absolute collapse. You have to feel horrible for them. A team that you know go into Lambeau Field to start your season. Young quarterback, new head coach. You got this new great defensive player, Khalil Mack. Already a good defense. Um, and to be up 17-0, you know, against a guy who's just had your number and he's hurt, and you know. To blow that game, I think, is one of the worst losses I can think of for them. You know, they haven't played in a ton of important games. But I think that's just that has got to be the toughest loss for anyone to take this entire weekend. Because if they win that game, all of a sudden you're talking about the Bears are right. contenders. You think they can get to 10 wins. Well, you know, go on and on. And now 
I think a game like that could really suck the life out of your season and, and be a reason that, you know, I mean, that game, you don't know how it affects the locker room and, and how it affects everything that happens afterwards, but that seems like it could be a game that, instead of affecting just one, could be, like, affecting three outcomes for them. Like, if yeah. they win that game, it's like they're a 10-win team. They lose that game, now it's like, are they a 7-win team, an 8-win well, team, you know? I mean, I, it's a horrible. I, I, I think that, I think that that's a little extreme. You know, you're taking away. You have a rookie head coach who outsmarted himself. Um, they're playing against a man who is one of the greatest of all times, who just had a phenomenal Willis Reed-esque performance. Al, Al, Al Michaels, Al and, and Chris. Al and Chris were gushing over yeah, this. Yeah, you, you would not have forgotten that it was a Will, Willis um, Reed-esque performance. And and listen, Mac is only playing like 60% of the snaps because he doesn't know all the play call. The team the team will take all of this in stride, I think. I think they'll still get to set to eight wins. Okay, they got Seattle at home on Monday Night Football this week. It's pretty good That's game. That's a winnable game. Yeah, it's a pretty good game, and it is a game that, you know, they're favored and that they probably should win. Um, but, I mean, it's just a devastating loss for them. You win that game, you go up on Green Bay in the standings, yeah. you pick up the road division win. Uh, your season's off and running, you know. Who knows? Could they be, you know, like this year's version of the Eagles or – and now it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah. I think week one's very important for teams in that situation. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think about the Eagles uh, last year played the Redskins, and they were up most of the game, but it really came down to a stop, and they scored a defensive touchdown on at the end of the game. But without that win, it's like you just really don't know where the team is, and you get confidence, yeah. and it kind of gets you going. And I think the Bears really missed out on an opportunity to start their season off really strong and have that continue throughout the season. And I think that'll be a detrimental loss for them. Yeah, that, no, that's that's definitely true. Um, and kind of talk about one of the better games coming up this week, right? Pats at Jacksonville. Okay, we're gonna see. Maybe with that. I thought you were gonna say Packers and Vikings because we're, well, we're, we're, we're just talking about. We're just talking about. I kind of wanted to shift it from the Rodgers talk because we always talk about Rodgers. I wanted to talk about. My boys, my my brother's team, the Jags. His team. Uh, I don't his, think he roots for the Jags. He doesn't root for them, but he writes for them. Um, if you didn't hear last week, but no, I, I think that this this game rematch of the AFC Championship. Um, we'll see if Leonard Fournette plays. I don't know who you got. I actually like Jacksonville in this game. Um, is it the game of the week? I mean, it's the four twenty five game. I love this game a lot. Really looking forward to it. And then also, as I mentioned, Minnesota at Green Bay. We'll see what kind of Aaron Rodgers we get, how healthy he is. But no, I like Jacksonville in this game. Um, New England, pretty New England-esque victory against the Texans last week. They went 27-20. to Pretty much had it in control the whole way. Um, but, you know, they go into Jacksonville. Uh, you know, it's probably it's a pretty tough place to play with that caliber of defense. The Jaguars, uh, I think had a pretty good game against the Giants going on the road. Bortles looked a little bit better. Uh, defense was stifling as always. Uh, and I think, you know, the Jags should be a little bit more motivated than the Patriots for this game. And and quite frankly, they impressed me last week. Uh, and, and I think they can win this football game. Yeah, I mean, that defense, I watched the whole game. That defense is something else. Uh, great front great front seven. Cornerbacks obviously can hold their own in man coverage. They can blitz whenever they want. Um, they get out to the, they get out to the side super well. So they cover, they cover those sweeps, jet sweeps, kind of HB sweeps super well. They go, they go sideline to sideline. Um, and as long as Bortles can get them 10, 20 points, uh, they're in a position 20, 20 against the, the, the Patriots, uh, which is kind of a tall task, but they're in a position to win that game with their defense. Uh, especially with the kind of weapons Brady has right now, they're kind of non-existent. But it's just Gronk, who played really well against, against right. the Texans. But. Right, but if, if, there's a, if there's a person that you want to match up on Gronk, I'll take Miles Jack. 
Yeah, or yeah, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey. If, if you need or AJ Bouye. Yeah, or if, if you need it, or Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting game. I mean, you think back to the AFC Championship game, which obviously so much more is on that game, and Bill Belichick is you know who's a you know great at preparation, but obviously is probably next level for the playoff game, and was able to solve you know the plays that Jacksonville had in the first half where they. You know, they had a good first half offensively. They went into uh, halftime with a lead, and then they just completely stalled offensively in the second half. I don't know if we'll see that this week from New England. Their defense is improved from where it was last postseason. Uh, but I, I do think that maybe it's a little bit easier for Jacksonville to have a solid offensive game flow throughout the entire game mm-hmm. um, and just kind of, you know, maybe the Patriots aren't going to reveal all the tricks that they that they might have to stop Jacksonville. Um, and you know, if Fournette's back. Depends if Fournette's back, but quite frankly, like their offense moves, I think, pretty well with Yeldon. Yeah, it's a little bit more versatile true. with the passing game. Um, so, you know, we'll see with them. I, You know, the Patriots are a team where Brady's obviously 41, but still great. Their defense isn't elite, but it's, you know, it's not horrible. I think they're going to drop some games this year, and I think if there's a game for them to drop, um, you know, besides some of those games against like Green Bay and Minnesota, they play at home later in the season. Uh, I think this is one of the games that I could definitely seeing them seeing them lose, and it it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with all that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is there anything else for week two that we want to talk about? I mean, there's a couple of good games. Big game, uh, Carolina Atlanta. I mean, Carolina got I off got to a good start. There. Yeah, good start. Atlanta horrible. That line's big. Yeah. Did you know that? Plus six for Carolina. Uh, yeah, Carolina's the, the underdog there. I think people expect the Falcons to bounce back. I mean, at this point, it's like a mu- I mean, borderline must-win game for them. They play yeah. the Saints in week three. That's a tough You don't want to go down man. 0-2. Right, you already played at Philadelphia. Um, and now, you know, they've lost some very key players to injuries. Keanu Neal's out for the season with a torn ACL. Deion Jones, the star linebacker, is on IR now. Um, and then Devontae Freeman got a little nicked up in that game. Uh, he might play this weekend, but... It's a huge game for Atlanta, home opener. Um, and Carolina looked, you know, they looked solid against Dallas. Dallas wasn't able to get anything going offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, that's one of the more interesting games of the week. You know, there's a couple good 1 o'clock games uh, thrown in there. And then we got the then we got the, the Giants versus Dallas. Sunday night the football. Sunday night, the best Sunday night football game of the year. The mm-hmm. Sunday night football lock of the year. You're always yeah, guaranteed always to, get, getting one of these to get one of those. Um, uh, I think the primetime, you know, it's funny, the primetime schedule this week, uh, Sunday night and Monday night, is Giants-Dallas and then Seattle-Chicago. Not great. I, I don't know if there's a over 500 team in any of those games, you know, the four teams yeah. are, where you have New England and Jacksonville, both teams very likely to be over 500, and same with uh, Minnesota and Green yeah. Bay in those games. I can't and give Pittsburgh Green Bay. Pittsburgh Kansas City. Yeah, and Pittsburgh KC, so, I mean, you're looking at, you know. That's poor scheduling. Well, I, I, you, but don't I know you never know how yeah. the puzzle of the NFL schedule fits together, but. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I I'm excited for that game. I think the Giants are going to win. Uh, I I like the I like the performance we had. You know, we didn't win, but the team looked solid. The offense has show, show, showed its flashes against the top flight defense. Nice to have Odell back. And the Dallas the Dallas team, frankly, just sucks. They're not good. No, tough. there's a there's not a good point on on the Dallas. Team besides, you want, you, besides the line, and, you want to hear a, now too. a fun little stat that I uh, that I saw on Twitter uh, yeah. this week is that since Carson Wentz tore his ACL, he has the same number of touchdown passes as Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott. That's not good if you're that's Dak bad Prescott. For Dak Prescott. I mean, that's pretty. That's because Dak Prescott's a bad quarterback. I don't. I don't know if that stat included the touchdown pass Carson Wentz threw while he had a torn ACL. Oh. I don't know if it did or didn't. 
But even if it did, even if it did, that's, that's one touchdown really in like the last four <laughs> games, uh, which is horrible for them. Um, I don't know. Looking at maybe a team we might want to talk about, one of the more impressive Week One performances: Washington Redskins um, going at Arizona, completely stifling uh, Sam Bradford, Sammy Sleeves, and you know David Johnson and that and that offense. Um, on defense, and Alex Smith was his normal Alex Smith self. Adrian Peterson ran the ball really well, really hard. They're home for the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. Looks like it could be a two-no start for them. Two-no start for them. They look Luck, pretty good. Luck, seemed, Luck played pretty well. Yeah, uh, probably needs to get back into it a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on this Washington Redskins team. I don't know if it was them dominating the Cardinals or the Cardinals being really bad. You don't know in week. You one. don't know in week one. So you got to get a little bit of more of a sample size, but. You know, that Redskins team looks good. You know, they've had a defense that really the last couple of years just hasn't all been healthy at the right. same time. Yep. Um, and now kind of reading up on them before the season, everybody I've you know kind of read has said that this defense is all here. It's it's complete now. Um, and bringing in Alex Smith, you get a guy who's going to win you games. He he may not – he's not going to lose you games is right. the better way to put it. Kirk Cousins could lose you a game. Good. He yep. might win you a game. Yeah. You know, Alex Smith will put your team in a position to win. Right. He may not do it for you, yeah. but he's always going to get you there. And that's what Alex Smith is. Yeah, and you think about the Redskins. Pretty solid offensive line. Probably one of the better yeah. top ten in the league. If Adrian Peterson's running the way he's running and Chris Thompson out of the backfield and Jordan Reed, who's healthy, and um, maybe not the receivers as much, but pretty dynamic offense with Alex Smith. And then you look at a defense, as you mentioned, when they're healthy, you know, they have uh, they have uh, who they draft. Ron Payne. They have Jonathan Allen from last year. The couple first round picks on that interior defensive so line. Got, they, they still got Sue Cravens, or did he retire? Uh, he's, he's he's gone. gone. He's on IR for I think Denver. And then they have uh, Ryan Kerrigan um, and Josh Norman. Still, I mean, you're looking at a pretty good team. Yeah. So I mean, look, that team is definitely going to compete for that second wild card spot uh, in the NFC. Um, but I think that probably wraps up our our week two coverage. Um, and we've got some. Something that like, we're really excited about um, for, for our sports analytics club. Uh, Fandex is basically a, a, a amalgamation of um, sports teams onto a single kind of stock market-like index. Um, and we've kind of gotten into a sports analytics challenge with other schools um, from, what is that, October 1st to December 31st. Basically, we'll get a $10,000 budget to invest in whatever teams we want. Um, the teams, when they perform well, Fandex tracks their stock higher. When they perform poorly, it tracks their stock lower. Um, and basically what we're trying to do is put together the best performing portfolio. So we're super excited about it. Mike, I know you probably know a little more about me, so uh, about it than me. So if you want to kind of talk about how we're going to organize this, why you're excited about it. Yeah, I think you gave a pretty good overview. I think it's a phenomenal idea in that, you know, having buying sports teams and and betting on the ones that you think are going to you know go up in value it's a really unique idea um i don't know exactly how the the value of teams goes up like what's you know winning a world series thing we're doing it in october so obviously you betting or buying the stock of a team that's in the playoffs and obviously if they win the world series their their stock price you know in quotations goes up and that's obviously a plus for your portfolio i don't know exactly how that works like in terms of shares uh, but the idea itself is is phenomenal. We're really excited uh, to bring. I wish that. I had the idea. Yeah, I mean, we're really excited to bring this to uh, you know our our meetings and our and our group and and see what the ideas that everyone has. Obviously, we'll be you know talking about what's the best way to figure out what an undervalued team is and going about a strategy for building a portfolio um, of teams. Uh, but yeah, it's we're really excited to be to be in this competition. 
Um, you know, I guess the idea is think about a team coming into this season, um, you know, maybe the Buccaneers, like a team that probably appreciated a lot in value but from before week one to after week one. So if you were able to come up with some sort of, of model to determine, okay, this team we project out at 10 wins versus, you know, a team that's everyone else projects out at seven wins, you know, that'd be a team that you'd look for. So it's not just, oh, let's just buy the best teams because those teams are going to be priced higher. It's like any sort of market where, you know, you're trying to find the imperfections and and what's going to go up, what's going to go down. Well, so something else you got to really take into account is this acts like a stock, right? So you could buy the Buccaneers preseason, sell them now, right? You don't need to hold them all the way through the portfolio till its termination date. You can make a lot of money buying and selling off of a team you think is going to perform super well in an individual week. Right, especially a team that has a lot of volatility. Right. I mean, a team that, you know, maybe they're they're capable of popping off one week and, you know, you want to, you know, take that risk and return on them. They look really good. You sell them off and the next week they, they may go down a bit. That's something to keep in mind. But But my big question is, and I guess when we do this, we'll figure out how it works, is, you know, when you're talking about a stock, the way that the value of a stock is is you know, based on their dividends and the money that they're going to earn in the future. I don't know how you calculate that with with these sports teams. I don't know if the website does it like there's an actual, like not even like theoretical value, but like an actual physical value to them. But I think regardless, the idea of investing into something that's undervalued and seeing them, that value come to fruition and doing that with a sports team, it makes sense in a market setting. Um, And it'll be really fun to get our hands, uh, you know, dirty and get into this and uh, have fun with the idea. Yeah. So we're super excited to bring it to the club. Um, We're definitely going to have a a meeting soon of kind of centered around this. So if you're interested in this, make sure you come out um, and, and kind of, help us kind of form form our ideas around what we want to weigh, how we want to model this, um, and hopefully you guys can kind of give us some some of your own inputs on what you think the model should weigh or not weigh. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that will do it for us this week. Looking forward to week two in the NFL season. Um, and of course, with our first meeting, we'll be talking about uh, <clears throat> the Fandex Challenge. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening.